Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Well, Al, another exciting week in athletics. Super Bowl 55 champion was crowned and it didn't go the way that we said it would as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers boat rolled the Kansas City Chiefs to win Tom Brady's seventh Super Bowl championship. Lots to get into regarding both sides of the game, but I think we should start with Maybe expecting some thanks from our listeners. We tell our listeners every time we step up to the podium, we step up to the Vegas window and we spout what we think will happen. There's always the warning attached to such fade our show accordingly. And if you listen to our Super Bowl preview episode and took everything we said, flipped it on its head and instead talked positively about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You just were lucrative if you put money where our mouths were. So maybe we deserve some thanks, Al, for what we had to say about the Super Bowl because, unfortunately, we were wrong in saying that the Kansas City Chiefs would win, spouting positive energy for them despite their offensive lineman troubles. They would find a way, and damn it, they did not. They most certainly did not. And now we have Tom Brady once again, continuing to just add to his greatest of all time resume. It's unbelievable. If you think about it and this game in particular, one of the knocks, I guess you would say, or one of the things to kind of poke fun at Tom Brady has been throughout his Super Bowl runs is he's never really blown out any of these teams. There hasn't been any dominance per se, in these Super Bowl victories. A lot of close games, some miraculous comebacks, losing to the Eagles and Nick Foles, not being able to beat Eli Manning. There's been some jokes that have been able to be had along the way. And then he gets that blowout win against these Kansas City Chiefs. God damn it. That's all I could say to start the show is God damn it. First of all, I'll just speak for myself and not drag because obviously I drag you down with me Uh, and we welcome all our fans and all our friends. And hopefully they did do what you discussed and faded our picks because I can't get wet in a rainstorm. It's as simple as that. You put me in an empty theater and I'll be lucky if I could pick a seat. It is just, I could not have been more wrong. I thought Kansas city would adjust to what, the Bucks did against Green Bay the same way I thought Green Bay would adjust. And they they did not. It was really a replay 
of what happened to the Packers, except the Packers showed some guts in the second half. The Packers came back. The Packers fought back. The Packers showed heart. The Packers played defense in the second half, and the Packers played offense in the second half and made it a game and were within eight yards and a two-point conversion of tying. The Chiefs never were never competitive. Never competitive. They did nothing to solve the buck pass rush, which was brought with only four. Rarely did they blitz. Jason Pierre-Paul from one side, Shaq Barrett from the other. Caused havoc. I understand this was an undermanned and banked-up offensive line. Uh, we underestimated the value of that. But never did they roll Patrick Mahomes out like I thought they would. Also, Patrick Mahomes looked worse physically in this game than he did against the Bills. He scrambled a bit early on for some first downs, but he was moving with, I thought, more exaggerated limp in his gait than we saw against the Bills. And that defensive line had their way with the offensive line, and they chased him down. He was going backwards, sideways, throwing balls as he was falling down, throwing balls as he was falling on his face, some of which were remarkable throws. But, you know, this is the National Football League. Those prayers don't get answered you know, time after time after time. You know, yeah, the couple should have been caught hitting guys in the face, but the bottom line is there were desperation throws. And they played desperate. They played like they were with their backs against the wall, and I don't mean in a good way. They played like they were overmatched the entire game, and quite frankly, they were. Now, the disappointing part of this game was clearly that Patrimos never looked comfortable. Tampa comes out three and out, good field position, and he has the rookie wide receiver wide open down the right side for big yards. Maybe not a touchdown, but clearly a first down well into Tampa territory, and off we go. Overthrows him by a ton. They have to punt. And then another stop. Good field position again. And they're barely able to get three points out of it. And then Tampa just took the game over. Took the game over. Drove for their touchdown, take a 7-3 lead. Stop after stop after stop. And I just thought some absolutely, and look, rooting for Kansas City, not till death do us part. More of an anti-Brady pick than a Kansas City pick. Rooting for Andy Reid, yes. How you decide, from the NFL perspective, to put the most flag-happy crew in your championship game, people do not want to see a flag fest. In any games, let alone a playoff game, let alone a Super Bowl. And these guys just couldn't keep the pee in their pocket. There were some ridiculous calls in that first half that went against Kansas City. That score should have been 10-6 at the half. The two most, well, the three most just absolutely mind-numbing calls. The... First one was on what would have been third and six or third and seven for Tampa was the unnecessary roughness call. 
slash personal Falco. After the shoving occurred by Tampa, Kansas City shoves back 15 yards. Now that did not result in points. They got down to the one-yard line, the goal line stand, great stop. You think Kansas City's going to show some life, one first down, then they got a point. Then comes just an unfathomable holding call where Mike Evans goes down the right side, runs his pattern, runs into the defender. They kind of tie each other up a little bit. And Brady's throw gets deflected and intercepted by the Honey Badger. Never close to getting to Evans. It was nothing remotely resembling a hold. It was really the offensive guy causing the contact. And he was never held. He was kind of jostled. And the ball never got to him. It may have, the contact may have even been after the ball was deflected. But regardless, it was a horrendous haul. And that results in an automatic first down. Then they stopped them. And on fourth and five, a ridiculous, if they line up both sides, they line up both sides. Whether you think that's ticky-tack or not, it's a, it's a moronic mistake. That's their own fault. And the field goal turns into a touchdown that makes it 14-3. That should have been no points because of the interception. And then before halftime, you have the long interference penalty when Andy Reid calls a couple timeouts to try and get the ball back. Bad move, but that's 20-20 to call it a bad move. I mean, everybody blames Andy Reid for taking timeouts. You put the ball in Brady's hands. Said, well, you know, he got a 50-yard interference penalty. It's not Andy Reid's fault. Defensive back falls down into Evans' legs. Interference. And then, with the clock running down, Brady throws the ball basically where you would have to be the jolly green giant to catch it. It's so far out of the end zone. High, deep, impossible to have been caught. One hop into the wall. <laughs> Contact with Honey Badger and Mike Evans. And they call interference with the ball. That was a no call. Unless the uncatchable rule has been removed for the books, which I don't think it has. Last time I checked. That should have been a field goal. And the game is 10-6. Instead of 21-6. Now, they got their ass kicked. They got their heads handed to them. But it should have been a 10-6 game with Kansas City ball to start the second half. And they may have still gotten smoked. But the point is, the officials played a huge role in the scoring in that first half, which was awful. That's unacceptable. You cannot have that in any game, let alone in your championship game, your feature attraction. When people want to see the two teams compete, they do not want to see when the when you know when the announcers were as vanilla as the day is long. When Boomer Esaias says at halftime that they got to knock it off, that that officiating was out of hand then you know something's wrong. And it was clearly a total and complete botch job by that crew. They wrecked the first half of that game. Are you familiar and, with the film Remember the Titans? Yes. I'm assuming. Of course. It reminded me of the game where the officials were clearly trying to wrong the T.C. Williams Titans, throwing a flag seemingly on every play. It wasn't until Coach Yost finally went up to the refs and said, listen, I'm going to go to the papers. I know what you're doing. 
I know exactly what's happening. Well, coach, you just lost yourself to Hall of Fame. I don't care. Call the game right. And as Denzel was yelling from the sideline, let the boys play. That's exactly what the first half reminded me of. Every play that mattered, you just waited for the flag. It was like that player on the team for basketball who's maybe second string. The coach doesn't like him very much. Whenever there's a whistle and then the buzzer goes off that there's going to be a sub, he immediately looks to the scorer's table to see if he's going to get taken out of the game because he messed something up. That's how the first half was. And it doesn't end up mattering, obviously, at the end score. No, they were physically dominated. Right. I thought. Absolutely. But still, the, the play calling was shocking to me. They ran the ball relatively well. They didn't run it enough. They did very little to alleviate the pressure. There were no quick screens. There were no draws. Uh, everything. Mahomes just never looked from that fir- from that first series when they had good field position and he had the kid wide open down the right side. He never looked comfortable. Maybe it was the injury. He never seemed to set his feet. I know there was pressure, but even when there wasn't pressure, he never seemed to set his feet and throw. He always seemed like he was going backwards, going backwards, feeling pressure. To their look, that's the effect pressure has. So, to their credit, the you know, defensive design scheme by Todd Bowles and company was wonderful. The offensive scheme from Andy Reid and Eric sleeping with the enemy was not. And they did not adjust. How much did it have to do with what you know Andy Reid was going through with his son? I mean, that happened the night before. I mean, did it have that much of an effect on the game plan? I think the game plan would already be in place. They did nothing to adjust. Nothing to adjust. And they were right so there. Was, and that's the crazy yeah, part. Like, if you just yeah. look at the box score and, and didn't know the end results or how the officiating was going... I mean, they're headed into the second quarter. It's a seven to three game and shockingly seven, three, because for the first time in Tom Brady's career in Super Bowl history, they score a touchdown in the first quarter, of course. And because it's not I had like they Kansas ran and City hit in the, the second points. half. They scored one touchdown in the second half. Yeah. They didn't score so in the fourth quarter. You know, they, they didn't light it up. They just could never look three field goals. They couldn't put the ball in the end zone. They could not sustain a drive, even far worse than Green Bay. Far worse than Green Bay. It was an embarrassing performance by Kansas City. And they were were dominated on the line of scrimmage. And I just found it confounding in terms of what I was what I was watching almost like it wasn't had. That this is these are the champs. This is the team that everybody thought was so unstoppable. This is and you know the talk from Tony Romo, which I look. You know we've talk, I've never bought into this cold routine. I like Patrick Mahomes a lot. He's a terrific young quarterback. I'll coin the phrase on the show tonight. You heard it here first. At best, he's the guy. At best, he's the guy. The greatest of this time. That's all. And if he's even that, the greatest of this time, the GOAT talk, enough already. You know, if he loses, can he still catch Tom Brady? Is the, uh, please. I love Nick Wright. I love him. Love him. Cried on his last show. Text him. Gave me a shout out. 
But the notion of if, if, if he wins the second Super Bowl in a row, he's on his way to becoming the GOAT or beating Brady head on head. Right, come on. Brady now has passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He has passed Derek Jeter. The only all-time great player ahead of him in team sports that we know of and think of as a championship player is Bill Russell. We don't put Yogi Berra in that category. I was going to say, poor Yogi Berra. He just gets overlooked at every turn. We don't put Whitey Ford in that category as a pitcher. All right. But, you know, in our lifetime, let's put it that way, slash my lifetime of excellence, Bill Russell 11. And I said on this show, he is the Bill Russell of the NFL because Bill Russell was a great player, but he wasn't the greatest center of all time. He wouldn't have the physical presence or prowess or scoring ability of Wilt. He wasn't. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with the skyhook, the all-time leading NBA score, with six rings, I might add. But he was the all-time greatest winner in the history of the NBA. And Tom Brady has now won seven Super Bowls. He is the all-time greatest winner in the history of the National Football League in the Super Bowl era. And he now has done it without Bill Belichick. And it seems as though he has reveled in this title and gotten as much if not more enjoyment out of this title and had more fun than I've ever seen him have. Maybe it's because he brought Gronk with him, who was Mr. Fun, who we may not have won it with. And oh by the way, let's 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 note this. He left the Patriots and went to the all time losing his franchise in the history of the National Football League. And I believe in the history of American team sports in terms of winning percentage. And oh, by the way, the only people that scored for the Bucks weren't on the team last year. And the guy who threw the touchdown passes wasn't on the team last year. And they came there because of him. Except for probably Ryan Suckup. And who knows? Maybe he sucked up and Caper Brady was there. All the guys who scored in that game weren't Bucks last year. Gronk, Brown, Suckup, Ferret. All of them. All new. Where this guy goes, titles follow. I can't stand him. Everybody knows I can't stand him. But you got to give the devil his due. I vaulted him over Montana. I told you I would put him over Montana finally if he took this team to the Super Bowl. He didn't just take this team to the Super Bowl. He won what it was against the Washington football team, and that was the toughest game. That's the only team that competed. The former Redskins. Down by a possession with the ball. I shouldn't say Green Bay competed. I take that back. But the point is, they go into New Orleans, they kick their ass. And they knock Drew Brees into retirement. They go beat the MVP in Green Bay. And then they pummel the defending champs. With the supposed go-to-be. Uh-uh. He's the guy at best. Got only. Got to be good. Not going great. The you, guy's 43 years old. You, you can't write He's this. He's 43 years old. You can't write it in Hollywood. 
this script that's it's still being He's written now. Father Time. Undefeated. Not right now. LeBron doing the same thing, but LeBron's not 43. He's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. He's not the biggest. He doesn't have the best arm. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He doesn't have the quickest delivery. He's not the best scrambler. He's probably the worst. Best quarterback sneaker, maybe of all time. Could he use that on Sunday? No maneuverability anymore in the pocket, except stepping up a little bit in the pocket when necessary. Once he has to move in any direction, he's going down. But you give him enough time to get that ball out of his hands, and he will pick you apart. He will pick you, and the arm is still strong. This is not Drew Brees' arm. Those balls to Gronk, that rocket to Evans over the middle, he's still got plenty of zip and life left in his arm. I don't know if he's eating avocados and, and you know what he's doing, but whatever he's doing, if his body's going into a mind melt, if he's getting plasma, injected fresh plasma, whatever the hell he's doing, it's absolutely phenomenal what this guy is accomplishing at this age. Just the fact that he's doing it is phenomenal. The fact that he's doing it at this age and he leaves the Patriots and he leaves the genius and he takes Bruce Harris to a championship. He, these guys believe when he walks in the room and how can you not? And Oh, by the way, you heard it here first. What do you think the chances are? You ever going to see the, the genius Bill Belichick in the playoffs again? Close your eyes. What do you see? Nothing. Bill Belichick's never going back to the playoffs. Never. Not in the AFC least with the Bills Mafia, the upcoming fish, and who knows? Maybe the Jets will even get good with 57 draft picks. (laughs) Unless Bill Belichick gets himself a quarterback and a damn good one. You're not going to see the New England Patriots in the in, in the playoffs again anytime soon. And this guy's not coaching until he's 90. So don't tell me this isn't the most satisfying win of Tom Brady's career. You said it. it. It didn't take much to not see that it was. I know you're not on the old Instagram machine, but he had shared stories from 90 plus different accounts obviously giving him his due with quick videos or quick pictures, shouting him out. He's reposting them all with his own commentary. And then today, he's doing these commercials with Gronk, like he's having a blast, having the time he of his life, the airwaves for the phone commercial. We never saw him doing that. And Belichick's doing subway commercials. Who's winning that commercial battle. I don't know if you saw it today at the boat parade that they held down in the sunny sunshine of Florida. But Not they're the having a grand England. old time. No, nobody's saying no days off. They're just tossing the Lombardi trophy you know, across the, you know, through, over the lake, across the boats. Tossing the nobody, Lombardi no, like, no, like he's still in the going, game. I don't, think they're, I don't think they're going to practice tomorrow. I don't think so. Shout out to Cameron Brait, by the way, for reeling in the Lombardi trophy on the Tom Brady toss. Then they I get off the boat. I know they're big, strong guys, but they, you know, I mean, he caught it like it was three ounces. I'm sure it's a lot heavier than that. And they're big, strong guys. But, and I also thought it was bigger. It was like they were throwing him a beer across the boat. Here you go. 
And he just reeled it in. No problem. Then they're taking the guys off the boats and Tom looks like he had the time of his absolute life. He needs a hold back guy like Sean McVay needs on the sideline to guide him away from the press because he can barely stand up. Now, some people were saying, oh, he didn't have his sea legs. Get the hell out of here, man. <laughs> that man was having fun on those boats. And I don't know how much fun it takes for him to get that way. I mean, he might just sniff a beer for how he takes the season. I don't know how much he's drinking during a regular season and postseason. If he's having a celebratory whiskey or whatnot, he might have just smelt beer the wrong way and ended up looking like he had 20 of them. But damn it. Here he is looking like every one of us going on a I'd boat with a shirt off, enjoying the sun, throwing I'd back a couple see, with I'd the boys. I'd rather see him do that. He looks human for once. Exactly. He looks human. And it was, I, I hate to Think say it, but it was, it was nice to see. He won his first Super Bowl at the turn of the century. 20 years later, he wins his seventh. 20 years later. It's preposterous. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. And Nick broke it down quite nicely on his show. Nick, we had an open invitation, by the way, for you to come on our program this week. We were going to celebrate about the Chiefs, but we figured we'd give you some time to soak it all in. He had to have I his Saturn show on Monday. I so. put up his, both on the show and uh, tweeted about the $1,000 he spent on his ostentatious red velvet jacket with gold pocket square. <laughs> that he went out in a snow, a blizzard to buy it. Yep. and. Spent a thousand dollars and then went 0 for 11 betting. So he had no money left. Yeah. So I texted him that he could put that up for auction. Bills Mafia bidders only, and he would have more than enough back to pay for the jacket and cover all the gambling. It's a great point. Bills Mafia doesn't mess around. They'll have your back, no matter what. They're there for you. They're incredible. They're that is a good you. idea. But he had a good point. You can break Tom Brady's career down now into three separate seven-year seasons, and each seven-year chunk is comparable to the Hall of Fame careers of three of the best quarterbacks in National Football League history. The first seven years are the Troy Aikman years. The last seven years are the Joe Montana years. Who do you think is in the middle tier? Maybe you probably already know this answer, but if you don't, who is the quarterback that you could put for his middle years? Remember, no Super Bowl championships in the middle years. Pardon me? No Super Bowl championships for Tom in those, those middle seven years. Well, in terms of the numbers, they were similar. You know, he had years that were similar to, to, to Peyton Manning's numbers. Similar to Peyton. But the but comparison it, works well with another Probably the best quarterback we've ever seen, no question, that never won the Super Bowl. Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Not bad company, Al, for three seven-year chunks. Troy Aikman, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, including the switch to a different team. And and he wins 
20 years apart. Now, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, slash Luel Center, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, won his first title with the Bucks in 1971. His second year in the league. He won his last title with the Lakers in 1988 and lost in the finals in 89. So that was 19 years of, well, his first year was 70. They didn't win it his first year. That was 20 years of brilliance with six titles, one with the Bucks and five with the Lakers. The all-time leading scorer, the MVP of the finals in 1985 at age 38, 37, depending on what his birthday was. Because remember, this is back in the days where you went to four years of college and you graduated from UCLA in 1969 at 22 years of age. You can do the math. So 16 years later, in 1985, you figure he was 37, 36, 36, 37. So he was the finals MVP at age 37 in 1985 as they won game six on the parquet floor in Boston. First time ever beating the Celtics in the finals and in Boston. Him charging back down the court, two fists clenched in the air. The emotion you never saw him show. Finally. Finally. When the demons were finally exercised and they beat the Celtics. This guy has gone 19 years, 20 years, 2001 to 2021 calendar year between his first and his last titles. Now he's not the best. He wasn't the best quarterback in the beginning. He's not the best quarterback now. There were times in between where you could argue he was absolutely the best quarterback. She went back and forth between he and Peyton Manning. With the notion of who's better, Manning's got the better numbers, although he had the phenomenal numbers in the undefeated season, but who's got all the Super Bowl rings. There's only been one athlete that I can think of in my lifetime or that I can even think of in the history of American pro sports, who was the best player from the time he set foot on the field to the time he left. And that was the great, the one, the only, all-time, plain and simple goat, the great Jimmy Brown. From the time he set foot on the NFL gridiron as a rookie in 1957, to the time he retired after the 1965 season. Nine seasons, over 12,000 yards rushing, seven rushing titles, the two years when he finished second. Back then, there were 12 games and then 14. He had 9,000, 7,000 yard seasons. The two seasons, he didn't rush for 1,000 yards. He rushed for 937 and 996. He was the youngest MVP in the history of the league. Three-time MVP, one championship. He was the best from the time he started, and when he retired, he was the best. He led the league in rushing his last year, over 1,500 yards. Retired at age 30. That's the difference. He retired after nine seasons, not 19. You can't, you can't be running back for 19 seasons, unless you're Frank Gore. Jimmy Brown was the single greatest football player I've ever seen 
you ask anyone my age, a little bit younger or older, and they will all say Jimmy Graham. But when it comes to quarterbacks, there is no longer any argument. None. Zero. It is a done deal. Drew Brees may wind up with more yards, although Brady doesn't see why he's going anywhere. So I, I wouldn't doubt if when everything is said and done, Brady's got all the records. Yards, touchdowns, completions. Because he's certainly playing next year. And that's a lot of yards. That's going to be a lot of touchdown passes and a lot more completions. So I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would hazard to guess he may pass for all three next year. There is no one in sight, with all due respect to Patty Mahomes, the guy at best, no one close, no one on the horizon. You don't look out there after two LeBron championships down from the Jordan mountaintop and say, well, that guy down there, when he came into the league, they were talking about he was the second coming. And yeah, he had to jump ship to do it, but he went to four straight finals. He's won two of them. Now he's moving on again, but he's a hell of a player. And if he keeps playing, you never know. And no. And now a bunch more finals later and two more titles later, you know, the argument is becoming more and more vehement, more and more competitive even though Kobe's got five, Kareem's got six, that LeBron James may be the greatest of all time. It's possible. Although we can never be six and oh. But then again, Tom Brady never could have been four and oh. And he's taken Joe Montana, four and oh. My goat, my ex-goat, put him in his rearview mirror. Not because he's got the strongest arm. Not because he's the most maneuverable. Not because he's got the quickest release. But because he keeps winning, not just games, championships. And he keeps playing well, doing it. Yes, three interceptions against Green Bay in the second half. But let's remember, three years ago, he threw for 500 yards and a loss. At age 40 in the Super Bowl. Two for 500 yards. And yes, he's won two Super Bowls by the grace of two of the worst coaching decisions we've ever seen from the Falcons. The game was won. And Seattle, the game was about to be won. And the tuck rule. The first Super Bowl. We never should have gotten there. And yes, they probably cheated to beat the Rams. But at 43, he's still there. You could take those out now, too. <laughs> it still doesn't matter. That's the crazy part. Go ahead. As my son said he just won't go away. He won't go away. And he just we won't were go so away. excited and, that this And, and be by it. the way, there's no sign of him going anywhere. No. No. This wasn't Peyton Manning at the end, especially in the Super Bowl where you knew this was it. It was over. 
Well, you, look, Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning had neck surgery. He couldn't feel his fingers, Al. He couldn't feel the tips of his fingers after his I mean, neck was, surgery. What, and then he played however many years the at top of the it level. Was, it was a, a minor miracle for Peyton Manning to get back out there and survive, let alone win. Brady has never had, other than a one knee injury, it, nothing to the upper body, nothing to the throwing arm. Knees get repaired like magic in mod, with modern-day medicine. This wasn't a neck fusion, your vertebrae, where you can't feel your arm or your fingers are numb and grip a football. He's never been incredibly mobile. He's never been incredibly agile. He's just slower now than he was. He doesn't even limp around, Al. There's not even games where he gets hit and he, he looks, you know, Ben Roethlisberger looks like he needs a cane sometimes coming off the field. You don't know how he's going to be able to stand. There's none of that for Tom Brady games. There's not, oh, he's gimpy. There's not a Patrick Mahomes. The bottom of his foot is torn off. He needs surgery for several months of rehab. None of that. He comes in, he does his thing. He goes, this oh. guy is Benjamin, he's Benjamin Button. It's as simple as that. It's a curious case. He doesn't look any older. He's got a little wrinkle down here and there, but, you know, he looks 30 years old. He looks a lot better than he did when he came into the league, too. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report, here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. How about these for it numbers? Is, Are you ready for this? It is It is truly. I hope you have the all-time numbers. This, this is Drew Brees. He's at 80,358 yards. Tom Brady, 79,204. Right, so that's gone next year. It's over. Who's, who's, do you have it? Do you have the, everybody or just, just those two? Peyton's at 71,000. Okay. And Brett Favre, obviously, too, 71,838. Okay. Phil Rivers, 63,000. Top five. Okay. Phil. Completions? Pass completions. Drew Brees. 7,142. Tom Brady, 6,778. All right, so he's not going to catch him on that next year. Is Brady second? Brady is second. Touchdown passes? Touchdown passes. Oh, that went to, shout out to Jerry Rice for me clicking the wrong thing at 208. Touchdown passes. Brady's at 581. Drew Brees is 10 behind. So he's got that squared away. Aaron Rodgers is seventh as the next closest. What about, att- at what, what about attempts? They don't have attempts on this okay. list, but I could try to find that. Things are just going to start falling. The Sunday night crew and the Monday night crew better get those weirdo graphics ready to go because they're just going to keep falling. It's unfathomable what he's done. And it was crazy to see, too, Gronk get the Tin Man's oil and play like it was 2011. Here he comes. He didn't do anything for most of the postseason. You forgot he was on the field in the Packers game. And here he is, two touchdowns before you blink. 
throws down for a big third down screen pass. Yeah. He's he's become his Witten. When you need something, you got it. And unfortunately for the Chiefs, their Witten is obviously Travis Kelsey, who had another phenomenal football game. 100 plus, 130 plus had yards. A, had mean. an early drop. And that a drop big was ugly. drop early. Drop big was ugly. Drop you can't early. have that if you're Travis Kelsey. And, you know, it seemed like, in a way, all that got in their heads just a little bit. And I'm not saying that this was the game or anything, but you know from playing, and you've seen this happen with teams, where if stuff starts going wrong, you need to be able to erase that from your memory. Couldn't. And when you've got the drops from Kelsey, from Hill, hitting them in the helmet on big third downs, you've got the flags going against you, you've got your defense and the honey badger yelling at people on the sidelines, chirping back and forth with Tom Brady which was very interesting to see all that happens in the first half. You need somebody at halftime or at some point to say, Hey, we can't let that get in our heads. And I'm not saying that's the reason they lost the game, but it definitely played a factor. The drops, the flags, the defense, it was the perfect storm of everything going wrong. And you still felt like there was going to be a time where they'd figure it out. They were in the game for chief standards. They're always in the game. Even when it was 31, nine, there's still a party a real deep in your soul thinking, well, you never know Patrick Mahomes, but they never figured it out. And they're showing now these plays and they're having analysts diagram what went wrong. And Patrick Mahomes running for his life. He ran for 498 yards behind the line of scrimmage, just trying to get away from people during the game. Tom ain't doing that running for 500 yards just so he could throw the football. But you watch these plays and it seems like they were running like the four verticals from Madden. I don't know if you're familiar with that play, but it's basically send everybody down the field in a straight line. And then maybe one of them goes off on a diagonal. These guys are running 20 and 30 yards down the field into these coverages and they're getting blanketed by two and three guys. Where are the short routes? Where's the, the halfback wheel route that never fails. Like the open tight ends. I, Stanford I, I, Steve I didn't understand why. Where are the short they, passes? I didn't understand why they didn't throw to the backside of the back. Where's everybody going receivers. now? Receivers. You know, they got the kid from LSU who averaged eight yards a carry, by the way. I believe somewhere on eight, eight, eight or nine carries and 65 yards. Um, Nine for 64. They, they, they didn't throw the ball to him out of the backfield hardly at all. I thought they would do more of that to alleviate the pressure and work the linebackers who supposedly weren't that great in pass coverage on the outside. They were good on the inside. But they didn't do that. Clyde Edwards-Alaire probably didn't catch more than a couple balls. Um, but, you know, he wasn't a principal target out of the backfield. I would have done more of that. I would run more screens. Two catches. I would run more draws. How many? Two catches for 23 right. yards. That's it. Right. Well, it's 10 yards a carry. It's 10 yards a catch. Yeah, I mean, it was 11 but, and a half average. That's uh, great. Uh, but they didn't, I, I just, I didn't understand. I thought they would, do, they would do more quick routes, more slants. Um, 
You didn't see Sammy Watkins was invisible. One catch. I don't know if they just took him out of the game um, defensively or he, he wasn't a target. Look, kudos to Tampa. We have to think that they forced a lot of what Kansas City wound up doing. But I, I just didn't see enough variety from Kansas City. And you know, and Andy Reid is you know, the, the guru in play calling. We just didn't see it. Just didn't see it. And I, I was very surprised. And if it had to do with what, what went on with his son and that, that terrible accident, um, where that little girl is, is still in, in – last time I heard critical condition, I hope she's you know, recovering and everything's going to be okay. Uh, but we don't know. And it just, they never looked right. No. No. They never looked like they were, certainly from an offensive standpoint, the defense early was fine. But from an offensive standpoint, they just looked out of sync the whole time. They didn't Mahomes even have just, one play. Mahomes out. just looked, they never looked crisp. Mahomes just looked uncomfortable. There wasn't one play where you went, okay, there's the Chiefs. You know, Tyreek Hill getting behind the defense for a big 60 plus yard reception or breaking a big run or McCole Hardman making a, a big catch down the side. Or Kelsey there wasn't even down one play the field. You didn't see Kelsey down the field. No. Short no, passes. It, they, they, they were all you know, seven, eight, ten yards. No, yeah, nothing, no big breaks. No, nothing twenty-five yards down the middle of the field. No long catches and runs. Right. Now, now to once. Tampa, to Tampa's credit, they tackled well. Those linebackers can fly, right? And they really the defensive secondary did a very good job tackling. They were they were very aggressive. They hit hard. White was everywhere. Number 45 was, you know, Shaq Barrett and uh, JPP got all the credit, but number 45 was everywhere. Incredible. He could have including, including, had an MVP if he had yes, one more including, big Including, you know, if you want to call it, the, the game was probably already sealed, but, you know, the, the, the finishing touch keeping him out of the end zone with the interception on the last drive. The Chiefs love going for the home run play, and that's what makes them great because they often are able to get it several times a game and just it's backbreaking for their opponents. And it seemed like they kept that same mindset, that same game plan throughout the entire game. And you could see it, guys just streaking down the field, and it wasn't working. You're waiting for it to work, and it never did. I, I was just more surprised there weren't more attempts at short passes at not going for the home run when Mahomes is running for his life. Still trying to get it there. I mean, there were times it worked. It's bouncing off guys' helmets. What's happening? I mean, if he still has the receipts for the Christmas gifts that he gave his offensive wide receivers and line, et cetera, you better take that back to the store, man, get your money back because they didn't show up for you either. And again, this was the bucks game. They, all these little things that were nitpicking, they did everything so well on both sides of the ball. It doesn't matter. The referees, it doesn't matter. The drop passes, it doesn't matter. Tom Brady played a flawless game. 
And that was it. It, it was over before it was over. When it count, when it was time to put the game away, they put the game yep. away. Fournette was incredible. Ronald Jones With was running. incredible, healthy. Which is, which is a fantastic. terrific one-two punch. It really is. Not pretty. Not pretty. You know, Fournette's you know, turned into a battering ram. And Ronald Jones is... He, he, he runs between the tackles. But he can fly. Yep. He had, a, I believe, he had a ninety-eight-yard run earlier in the season. So you know he, he can go the distance. He doesn't really, you know, he's not the jitterbug type. He will run over you. But you know he, he's an incredibly. He hits the hole very quick, and it, neither one of these guys are afraid to run between the tackles and take hits. And that's kind of like the way Tampa Bay flies. The only guy out there who was really kind of, you know, the the, the non-physical guy is Antonio Brown. And oh, by the way, where the little was the little wide receiver even active? And looking at the box score here, what's amazing? Mike Evans, Scott, one did, reception did, 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 for right. thirty-one yards. Chris right. Godwin, Godwin, two receptions for nine yards. Scotty, Scotty Miller, Miller is not listed because he did not have a catch nor target. Nor target. Didn't need to. That's the incredible like, part. Why? Why? Well, they took the which go to Gronk. Six for 67. Cameron Braid, three for 26. Scott Miller's a Super Bowl champ. And he apparently knocked Chris Godwin's phone out of his hand into the sea today as well. So. Chris Gronk, Godwin looking for a new phone, Verizon. Gronk always there when you need him. Always. And if you're the Chiefs, I heard this. Has from that a couple guy ever people. dropped a fucking pass? Has Gronk ever dropped? You ever seen Gronk drop one? The only ones he misses are the ones that he can't get to. They just go through his hands. He dies. Well, They're yeah, just I'm out of saying, his reach. But he's once made it, a ton of impossible catches. If it hits his hands, you're done. Did, did, did you ever see? You know, hit him right in the hands and Gronk dropped it. Never fucking happens. Nope. Catches everything. We won't throw to him until the Super Bowl. We'll just let him block because he's a great blocker. So we don't want him to get beat up by being tackled. Just let him beat people up. Well, you think he's old, washed up, can't run. He almost had three touchdowns. That completion down the middle, if the safety doesn't get him, that's touchdown. Yeah. If you're the Chiefs, it might not be the worst idea to consider getting a wide receiver that can be your, let's say, Larry Fitzgerald. Run an eight-yard route, come over the middle, let me throw it to you. Uh, they, they probably need a bigger, more physical wide receiver. You know, and oh, by the way, again, I, I can't display enough my love for Nick Wright. But, again, Travis Kelsey, the greatest tight end of all time, let's put that one away, too. All right? Not the best let's game put, to say that when you had Gronk's let's just performance. Put, let's, let's just put that one away. In the like, he's not, he's not, yeah. There's another Kansas City tight end. Last name, Gonzalez. No Super Bowl rings, but 
Yeah. A better tight end than Travis Kelsey. And he's dunked in a college game before. What up, Travis Kelsey? So, and I like Travis Kelsey. His girlfriend's gorgeous. Gorgeous is an understatement, but uh, Gronk's a better football player. Gronk's girlfriend, gorgeous, by the way, as well. Shout out Camille Kostick. A yes. foul. Yeah, she's a friend of the uh, a gal. A gal. She's a gal foul. Absolutely. Before we get out of here, let me run you down some of the picks that I threw money down on, and you could revel in my sorrow for some of them. I had a successful Leonard Fournette parlay as the big win for the afternoon. Anytime touchdown score, over rushing, over receiving, as Scott Wetzel used to say, cha-ching, cha-ching. I had heads to start the game off. We already were in the, in the black, shockingly. Instantly, before the game even started. Unfortunately, did I didn't throw down on there would did be. Did you do anything on the turn. national anthem? I didn't because FanDuel and DraftKings don't like to have fun for whatever reason, so they didn't have that bet available. They had the bet that a touchdown drive wouldn't last as long as the national anthem would or did, I should say. So if the national anthem, say, went two minutes and 30 seconds, would a drive be be shorter than that? And there was not one. So I didn't have that for fun. Early in the game, I had Kansas City getting the first sack. That was thrilling. Because as the game played out, I I can't believe that was the one that hit because I don't think Tom Brady went down after that. I had a punt to be a touchback. I had over one and a half interceptions. I didn't realize it would be Patrick Mahomes throwing both of them. And then the heartbreak comes. We had the Chiefs minus a half a point to win the first quarter. For the first time in Tom Brady's Super Bowl career, they score a touchdown at the end of the first quarter. Not to go over the Chiefs, over Patrick Mahomes passing, Chiefs this, Chiefs that. There were a lot of Chiefs things. One of them that hurt was Chiefs to score more than 13 and a half points in the second half, Al, for plus money. Two touchdowns, these Kansas City Chiefs? In a half? Come on. What, what was what what was the number that the Chiefs wouldn't score a touchdown? I don't know, but whoever had that is a millionaire. Close to, by the way, we haven't mentioned the streaker that ran onto the field during the Chiefs on offense and had the best run of the night for the Chiefs. Unfortunately, it came from a streaker who saw this bet on Bovada. He saw the odds, and he said to himself, I'm going to be the streaker. He threw down $75,000 that there would be a streaker during the Super Bowl. He was the streaker, and he was set to win over three hundred grand. Now, unfortunately, he told someone of this. That said someone put his picture on the internet and said, this guy is a legend. He's the streaker. This is how much money he won. Bovada got wind of that. And now they're probably not going to pay his ass because it was rigged. That's something you got to take to the grave, man. You're getting 300 grand 
beating the system because you're the guy, it would be like the person making the Gatorade, calling all the family and friends. Hey, it's blue. Throw down on blue. We're set with blue. Or the national anthem singer saying, hey, we're going to go over 215. You don't worry about that. Put the house down on it. That sort of stuff happens. You can't go bragging about it. You got to take that to the grave. So shame on that guy. Go to the Capitol with your phone. Show everybody you're there. Nobody will know. Unless we take pictures and go on Instagram live. We might get Tell caught. everybody. Was, was, was it me or somebody who looked like me? And oh, by the way, remember the old report formula for the win was plus minus sacks correlates to the number of touchdowns you'll win by. I wasn't far off. I just had the wrong team. Yeah. I believe it was three sacks to one, which would translate into a 14-point win. All right. I wasn't far off. I just had the wrong team. So the team that dominated in sacks would dominate by a touchdown per sack. One more second, I would have been right on. I just had the wrong team. And in your defense, there should have been probably at least two to three more sacks if it's not. Exactly. Exactly. So that is the perfect formula. There was one that could have been called a sack. was the one he threw the end, the corner of the end zone. It was almost caught out of bounds. That clearly could have been called a sack slash in the grass. And there I am. Four to one, 21 points. Bing, bang, boom. Eddie McPeace. Got it nailed, but as usual, he just nailed it with the wrong team. Remember this for next year, folks. Remember. The formula. This was the series that hurt me the most, is when the Bucks got down into the red zone. First and goal, they decide to run it with Ronald Jones. I'm screaming at my television, where's playoff Lenny? They try a pass play to an offensive lineman. Hits him in the face. What they call in the gambling business, a fat guy touchdown. The odds were plus 800. Threw down 10 bucks. Guy drops it. All right. Another run. It's still not Leonard Fournette. We get down to the one. Now I have Leonard Fournette to score in both halves as a possibility. I have Tom Brady. First rushing attempt to go over a half yard, which means all I need, Al, is a quarterback sneak, and he's going to get the yard. He always does. We're in the perfect position to at least get one of those. They run it again with Ronald Jones, stuffed at the end zone. What the hell are you doing, Bruce Arians? Go with what got you there. Get Ronald Jones the hell out of the game. Screaming at my TV. I had Gronk's first reception over nine and a half yards, assuming he would get a touchdown or a first down. I should say they throw that beautiful play for the touchdown. Unfortunately, they were at the eight yard line missed out on that. So thought that counts. I had Gronk and Kelsey both to score. I thought that would be easy. Kelsey didn't hold up that end of the bargain. One at a joint bet. We had the last play of the game to come after 10, 15 Eastern time. The game ended at 10, 12 Eastern time. <laughs> it's stuff like this where you, you miss out by half yards, half minutes. That just gets you. You miss the, ha- the fat guy touchdown. None of the fun things happen out. There were no flea flickers. The over for 
people that throw passes of two and a half didn't hit. There was no fun plays where somebody else threw the football. That's the only thing you miss about the Patriots not being the team Tom Brady was on is they used to do all that nonsense. Flea flickers, Edelman throwing the ball. You didn't know what was going to happen. None of that fun stuff happened. I had there, a was field no goal. there was no trickery. No trickery, which, again, for the Kansas City Chiefs, what are you doing? Try something. Try something. Have Tyreek Hill fire it down the field. Running these reverse runs with no thought to even consider passing the football. Just throw it out of bounds, I would have got. No doinks on field goals or extra points. I had that going for me. It was very disappointing for the fun sides of those bets. And then obviously. It was very disappointing from a football standpoint. Yeah. Aside from the bets, it was a, it was an NFG. It was you know, no fucking good. It was a no fun game. Least watched game since when was it? Two thousand seven, I think the numbers came back at ninety four point whatever million viewers. Least watch in quite a while. Surprisingly, so based on the goat and the gut. But we're if, here first. If the numbers were anything comparative to you have to watch for X number of minutes. Didn't stand a chance. You could have shut that thing off at halftime. Little do we know you could have shut that thing off at halftime. Goat beat the God. That's all she wrote. And she's the goat for good. Simple as that. And if anything, we talked about it since sports returned. Thank God we at least got here to use got in another way. It was nice to and, at least be able to get here. And now the quarterback carousel uh, in the National Football League is full steam ahead between the draft, the trades. One already happened that we talked about last week, and it looks like there's going to be more to come. Just to tease for future shows, that Adam Schefter number of 18 quarterbacks being on the move that we thought was somewhat preposterous when it came out. Maybe not so preposterous, Al. Every which way you look. Don't look now, don't look now Seattle fans. Keep your fingers crossed. We're going to have Russell a lot Wilson, to talk about. Russell Wilson gets his way. We're going to have a lot to talk about in the upcoming weeks. Al, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next week. Folks, for my partner, the great John Tiny Lund, I am El Renato, AKL, White Plains. Have a great and safe sports weekend. We'll be back 8 p.m. Eastern Time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well, or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.